I think what came later is the tools and the how I do it and the relationships that will be necessary to accomplish what I need to accomplish. That's what comes with time and experience. You're absolutely not going to be able to do it on your own. Your squad, your relationships, your network, your friends, your family, these are people who will lift you up and support you. Like a lot of people that I have witnessed and when they come into contact with the word and the concept of catalyst, it's almost this deep sigh of relief. Just that moment alone is life-changing because you feel seen in a way that you have never been seen before. A catalyst is the people around us that see so much opportunity to make the world better and they feel driven to action to do it. I'm Shannon Lucas. I'm Tracy Lovejoy. To celebrate the launch of our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, we're launching this podcast featuring interviews with the catalysts who are featured in the book. Please subscribe now to get the next episodes as they're released this fall. To connect with other catalysts like you, come join our global community at galaxy.catalystconstellations.com. Hi, I'm Shannon Lucas, co-CEO of Catalyst Constellations. I'm excited to have time today with my good friend, Zayeda Nash-Carter, one of the catalysts featured in my new book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burnout. Zayeda is a recovering corporate executive. She recently left Thomson Reuters after 20 years to start a consultancy focused on helping companies be better versions of themselves. She and I met a while ago now when I worked at Vodafone and she was leading innovation at Thomson Reuters where we were working on a super fun project called Bankable Farmer. Thank you for being here with me today, Saida. Thank you for having me. So let's start with, when did you first realize that you worked differently from people around you? Did you have an aha moment? So I've thought a bit about this question and what, what comes to mind, I'll tell you a bit of a story. I was working as the chief of staff, um, was probably about 12 years into my career at Thomson Reuters, and I was working as a chief of staff to then the CEO of large division of the business. And we were heading to a sales conference, and General Colin Powell was the, the keynote speaker. And we were flying private as you do in the C-suite, apparently. <laughs> and so we picked him up in Langley and then we're on our way to the conference. And we had a chance on this very small plane to chat quite a bit. I forget the, the question, but uh, something around how should one view their life or words of wisdom from Mr. Powell to us. He said that it is important for one to find their noble purpose in life. And that uh, in that moment, sort of immediately resonated with me. I thought a lot about it. I continued to think about it. It was, you know, the story that came to mind as soon as you, you know, asked me this question. But then I think when I realized that I might be different from others is when I shared that experience with others. So the following weekend after that trip, I think I was at a friend's house and I was sharing the experience and talked a bit about, you know, the conversations we were able to have on the plane and mentioned this statement. And I said, you know, we have to have a noble purpose. It's so important for us to have a noble purpose. And everyone kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean by noble purpose? And for me, that statement landed immediately in a way that resonated and meant something. And I already was able to sort of say, okay, I get that. And this might be my purpose. Whereas clearly that 
was not the case for others. And so, yeah, I think it was in that moment, I was like, okay, well, not everyone thinks about their life or their role on the planet or their work in the same way that I do, right? And so did you find your sense, your big noble purpose then? And has that changed since then? I don't think it's changed. I think the core of it is and probably will always be the same because I think it's core to who I am as a person. And this sort of overarching commitment to make the world and to leave the world better than I found it in many ways, and particularly for for people of color and for people who have been disenfranchised and oppressed specifically. So, and that manifests itself in many ways, but I think at the core, it's the same. And that thread runs throughout everything that I do. I've seen that in practice. Just a quick follow-up on that. I just listened to this amazing podcast on Illuminate HR, where they were talking with Beth Davies, who used to work in HR at Tesla. And she had a really interesting comment, which is advice that executives often give younger people is about finding their purpose. But she pointed out like, sometimes it takes a while to get to the point, like you have to try different things. You need different life experience. You need to know some of your own skills and strengths and passion areas. Was it a journey for you once you were asked that question to figure out your purpose? And what would you say for sort of younger catalysts coming up behind you? I don't think it was a journey to get to identifying that purpose. I think for me, some of it was handed to me by my parents. I was raised in a way where we were hyper-conscious and very political and very focused on social and economic justice from a very young age. And so I was kind of steeped in that. So I think from a understanding what my purpose was, that was clear. I think what came later and continues to evolve, frankly, is the tools right? And the how I do it and the relationships that will be necessary to accomplish what I need to accomplish. So I think that's what comes with time and experience. And I think that would be the advice that I would give to younger catalysts is you're absolutely not going to be able to do it on your own. Your squad, your relationships, your network, your friends, your family, these are people who will lift you up and support you. And so lean into that and give as much as you get and you'll go as far as you can. It's really strong advice. And that is why you are the poster child of connections and the power of relationships in the book. <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to the fact that you realize that, you know, relationships and connections are super important, what else have you learned about yourself or how you operate since learning about what it means to be a catalyst? I think I've learned to be kinder to myself and to be kinder to others. I certainly can get frustrated with the pace of change or the pace of impact, the pace of getting things done. Oftentimes that pace is completely outside of my control, but I get frustrated anyway. And that frustration is confester and isn't healthy. So I have to be mindful of that. I'm also someone who is a builder of things, a maker of things, a joiner of things, a leader of things, and often it's too many things. And so I have to be mindful and thoughtful about scaling back. I have to be fair to others around me. I was talking about that party where I'm banging on about noble purpose and conversations with Colin Powell and and people looking at me sideways. 
some of those people were really good friends and continue to be good friends. And when I say be kinder to others, it's to appreciate that everyone is not going to have the same passion and urgency and purpose around things that you do but they're still good people and they're here to do other things. And so you support them in that and they'll support you in the ways that you need them to support you. I love that you touch on self-compassion. Anyone who has read the book or is about to read the book is going to hear me talk a lot about it. And I think it's, it is really important for Catalyst because we will go into these places where even there's deep connections of like some of our closest people and we're still different. And that is sometimes exacerbated in a way when we're in the workplace actually trying to drive the change and just how different we can be received and how we can be the lightning rod for the sort of re- negative reaction sometimes to the change that we're trying to create. And as we discuss in the book, that resistance and friction, whether they're attacking the ideas, the divergent ideas that we're bringing, or sometimes directly attacking us can often lead to burnout. Have you experienced cycles of burnout and how do you handle them? Yeah, I think I experience cycles of burnout frequently, less frequently now than say 10 years ago, for sure. I am older and more mature and am able to sort of see them coming and guard against them in some ways. You know, I joke, I sleep a lot and then drink a lot of wine with friends when the inevitable burnout slash crash happens. And that works for me. But I've also been increasingly trying to develop a meditation practice. I've always been into yoga, like for since yoga was super popular. (laughs) That has been the exercise that I've enjoyed to do. And so that's been sort of in the mix, but I'm now adding another layer to it, which is really kind of just sitting and being quiet and trying to think about nothing, which is excruciating. (laughs) It brings so much peace when I'm able to even just take that time to do that. And so it is exactly that a practice and I'm still not very good at it, but I will continue to practice (laughs) because I see the benefit when it happens. I'm so glad you brought that up. People often ask us about the difference between being an introvert catalyst and an extrovert catalyst. And usually when people are asking us, they're like, what do the introverts have to lean into Um, to be a more effective catalyst. But actually what we've also seen, and you've been to one of our retreats too, and you've seen the mindfulness practices that we bring into some of just our normal curriculum, is that actually the extroverts often need to learn this stillness piece. And it's not always a comfortable place for them. We are used to connecting the dots by talking to people or going out into the world or consuming information. And I love that you brought up how impactful and difficult the stillness can be. For sure. It's probably even more difficult for extroverts because we thrive on that connection and kind of the movement and the dialogue. And once you sort of remove that, it can be disconcerting, but so valuable. And I also just want to say thank you for including me in some of your pre-burnout wine sessions. I've always enjoyed them. (laughs) (laughs) So as catalysts quickly evolve... And I know that you have too. What have you been up to since the story in the book about you creating the Black Employee Network at Thomson Reuters? Oh, 
Gosh, so many things. And you moved to Africa. I mean, I guess that was part well, of the pre the, the, the Thompson Reuters was, journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was part of the Thompson Reuters journey. Moved to South Africa. I'm living in Cape Town now. We've been here for five years. I left Thompson Reuters about a year ago and formed an advisory firm with a partner, friend, co-conspirator, Jackie Curitan. And we basically have birthed Bright Insights Global together, which is primarily focused on helping purpose-driven companies specifically to do better business through this prism of um, innovation, inclusion, and impact. And like you say, to become through that better versions of themselves, given the outsized influence and impact that business has on our society. They have a role to play and a responsibility to play in making the world better, frankly, and helping to solve for some of the big challenges that we're facing as humanity. And increasingly, companies are realizing that, they are embracing that as a long journey for sure, but we want to be a part of that walk, long walk. So that's the advisory side of things. Um, I've been homeschooling my daughter, which I think most people are homeschooling now, but we've committed to continuing to do so even though schools have now reopened. Um, It's always been a little bit of a dream of mine to be able to homeschool. And so now we're doing it. And so that's been another journey and lots of challenging fun. And as I was saying before, always lots of projects. So through Bright Insights Global, we've been working with a group here of collaborators and thought partners across South Africa on an inclusive business center and pulling a number of different stakeholders together to figure out how to launch something that will really be a platform and a foundation for economic empowerment for across Sub-Saharan Africa, particularly thinking about more inclusivity in business. And I mean, so many things. And the list goes on and the list goes on. I was just going to say, that's that's not enough, Sahina. <laughs> you know, homeschooling, starting a company, all these side projects, not to mention moving halfway across the world recently. Well, I just wanted to say, I'm. it's so awesome. I feel like looking at you and Jackie and for our listeners, we've been partnering with them to bring courageous conversations into the Catalyst Global Network because it's something that we believe needs to happen. We believe deeply needs to happen. Happen. And so we're really grateful to partner with you and Jackie on that. And it's lovely to see like you have your Tracy, like the two of you together are this super dynamic duo. So I, I love that you have that. We lost this year a really important catalyst in the world, John Lewis, who talked about making good trouble. What one piece of advice would you like to give to Catalyst regarding making good trouble? I would say keep it up. Right. I mean, I think we all deal with the burnout and sometimes it can be lonely because people haven't quite caught up with you yet or with the idea yet. I think one of the biggest challenges is that many of the ideas are often ahead of their time and it makes complete sense to you and absolutely no sense to anybody else (laughs) for like six months. And then everyone's kind of like, ah. So I would just say, keep it up. It's worth it. And the world needs you. Yeah, we need more good troublemakers in the world. 
For sure. What do you want the non-catalyst to know about what it's like or how to most effectively work with catalyst personalities? The non-catalysts, I think I would say just that we're on their side. I mean, I think we want to, you know, whatever, whatever thing we're trying to manifest, it's coming from a place of goodness, right? And positivity. And, and we need them too, right? We need, I mean, not everyone is a catalyst and, and not everyone is going to work in the same way, but we all have to work together to get the thing done. So I would say also thank you because we do need non-catalysts in this journey. I love that so much. It resonates so strongly. It's like, I just wanted to tell everyone, and this is true for almost every catalyst I see, is like, when you send out the catalyst on the journey of trying to find ways to improve things, very rarely do they go out with their own specific objective first. It's like they do the sensing, they figure out what needs to be birthed into the world and they almost always do it with good intent and that can get lost in the translation and sometimes that's on the catalyst we don't say it enough times we don't make it clear enough we move too fast all of those things but if I think on both sides if people can understand good intent um, and that that is really largely what drives this this population all right anything specific for the bosses of catalysts though what what advice would you give to them I would say to sort of give runway and space as much as you can and that those individuals are, if given the right runway and given the right space, are going to and can really drive most of your objectives, most of the agenda. So you just kind of got to let them do that because everyone, in my opinion, wins when you do. But I know it can be hard to manage. A catalyst, for sure. Someone who's iterating. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know it can be, I know it can be hard and certainly for, you know, certain personality types, but they are star performers and they will deliver and they do deliver. So yeah, just give a little space and room and it'll, it'll, I, I believe it'll work out. It worked out for me anyway. And I've, I've had some amazing bosses over the years. And a stellar career. I mean, you were really a master catalyst. Any final thoughts for our listeners? No, get go out, get the book, read the book. Shannon and Tracy are, are amazing catalysts in their own right. And they're a catalyst of catalysts. <laughs> and so enjoy. It was awesome to connect with you as always, Saida. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in joining our global Catalyst movement, you can learn more at our website at catalystconstellations.com. And be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, The Catalyst Guide to Working Well. If you've got some other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way. Thanks again.